Hi, thanks for tuning in. I'm Drew. And I'm John. This episode and every future episode is dedicated to the horror hounds and smokers out there who want to expand their knowledge of the genre and have a good time. Today we're talking about the schlocky rock and roll horror film Studio 666, starring the Foo Fighters. I mean, Foo Fighters, John Carpenter music, I'm in. It's always nice to see additions to the rock and roll horror subgenre. It's, it's a very a fun genre. Yeah, uh, it's a very fun genre with a lot of hit and miss films that are mostly still enjoyable to watch. Um, you know, Taylor Hawkins, uh, the drummer of the Foo Fighters, just passed away recently, which is a real shame. Uh, the movie is a blast, and uh, the right crowd will get it and appreciate it. We're going to review it and break it down. All that and more today on High on Horror. Interviews, reviews, and the latest news all rolled into one. And now it's time for Strain Wreck, the segment of our show where John and I discuss which strain we're getting wrecked on in each episode. Today, John, what are we getting wrecked on? Uh, it's some more of that Pineapple Express. It's fucking 420. I mean, our 420 episode came out. I mean, it came out today, and we're recording again on 420. I'm already, I'm already fucking way gone already. So this should be interesting. But well, we were supposed to release this episode as our last episode, but because of 420, we decided to uh, actually bump Studio 666 back a week and do uh, Evil Bong instead because that fit more perfect on the day. <laughs> But, uh, As usual, I'm dying. <laughs> yeah, so uh, so how about um, Cronenberg's new horror film, Crimes of the Future? He we put, just watched the trailer for it. What do you think? What do you, What's your thoughts? It was like a Saw trailer. I didn't really learn anything, but I'm in. You saw enough to get you to like go. I mean, it's just, it's just the name David Cronenberg enough to get you to go in at this point, though? The name David Cronenberg's enough to get me to see a, Kristen, a movie with Kristen Stewart in it. <laughs> there you go. <coughs> um, but yeah, like the visuals, again, you just hear Cronenberg and you see a bunch of weird visuals. And uh, it definitely seems low budget. That also seemed to stand out to me. It, was, it seems more of like an indie effort, which I'm definitely a fan of. Um, he's, he's done, you know, a history of violence and Eastern promises and stuff like that that are kind of like more bigger budget, more commercial movie so it's nice to see him come yeah, back, and, goes back in this and dip his dick back into the horror <laughs> genre it's nice to see you know cronenberg back but it's funny because there wasn't much in the trailer i said the same thing about um was it tenet with christopher nolan i'm like i don't know what it's about but i want to see it yeah well uh cronenberg actually <laughs> said that he was going to probably get into some probably get a lot of flack for the ending of this movie he said that the last 20 minutes of the film are going to completely shock people he expects to get a lot of backlash for it and he expects to hear that people leave the theaters and don't even finish the movie because of it how do you feel about that uh, i mean it makes me more interested to see but like what's that fucked up but yeah i'm kind of at the point where like, what are you gonna show but i also feel like i've been locked to a lot by horror You've been what? I've been lied to a lot. Okay. Like, we were talking about Jamie Lee last week. Saying, Embellishing and kind of, like, uh, you know, over well, it. We both like the Halloween 2018, but even John Carpenter was like, it's going to scare the shit out of you. It didn't, didn't scare me like yeah. it did the original. Yeah. I, I, I got to disagree with that. I mean, Michael was back to being maybe more scary, but scare the shit out of me. I don't... I feel like you'd have to work real hard with Michael at that point. Yeah, I agree. I agree. So I feel like I've been lied to about stuff with horror, but I mean, I'm excited because it's Cronenberg. 
that's kind of how I feel when I hear, you know, that people are going to leave during the last 20 minutes or, or before the last 20 minutes. My thought is like, bring it on. I can't think of anything that would that would challenge me enough to say I'm not going to finish this. So I don't know. I, I Maybe to the commons to, you know. Uh, I was going to say that because I was, I was about to say we've seen. Uh, well, I mean, it's your fault that I've seen some more of the extreme <laughs> horror movies here. But oops, we've uh, we, I mean. For us, we've seen some pretty extreme horror movies. Yeah, and, and odds are some of you listeners out there have too. So it's uh, yeah, I don't know. It's uh, I don't know what exactly Cronenberg has up his sleeve, but I mean that'd be pretty cool if he came out of nowhere, you know, with this new movie and it does something like that where there's an ending that legit like gets his name like in the, in the headlines again, where it's like, holy shit, like you know whatever this twist is, whatever's going on in the end of this movie is causing controversy that'd be a hell of like a jump start to his career he might even make a couple more movies after that yeah i mean he's getting up there in age so i mean i'd say now's i mean i think he's what 78 he's old man he's getting there but but the question remains is that what about this movie made him decide to as i put before dip his dick back in horror like what about this movie said hey i'm going to do a horror movie again so i don't know i'm a little interested to check it out and i have to say all of his titles like always are very interesting on their own and make me like what's this movie gonna be about and it's no different with this one future crimes like what does that even mean yeah right crimes like 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 a history of violence you're like well what's it like i feel like all his titles are just pull you into them already yeah he does have very very uh compelling titles that's for sure yeah, I'm gonna hit some of this pineapple express now. Yeah, I think uh think about now we can get into uh Studio Six Six Six. Alright, so before we get into Studio Six Six Six, I just wanted to say that, you know, uh the best rock and roll horror movie is Trick or Treat from nineteen eighty six. Joe Bob Briggs agreed on that. He said that on the last drive in like last season. And uh, I think that that's unanimous amongst horror fans. That's something that we all mostly agree on. Um, Trick or treat fucking rocks, but there are some gems in there. Uh, You know, besides that, you know, uh, more recently there's the Lords of Chaos, which is not for the faint of heart. Uh, Then there's, of course, you know, the cheese ball shit like Rock and Roll Nightmare and Black Roses and Rocktober Blood, which has like the best fucking song out of any of the movies called I'm Back by Sorcery. That song fucking rocks. Uh, there's The Gate, Phantom of the Paradise, my favorite Brian De Palma film, Rocky Horror Picture Show, which John's not a fan of. Mm-mm. Come at me. <laughs> and uh, Hard Rock Zombies, uh, Tenacious D and the Pick of Destiny. I love that one. Yeah, there, there's a bunch. You know, Steve so Grohl's in that. Yeah, he's the devil, right? I yep. remember, yeah, exactly, yeah. and uh, and so yeah, it's cool that you know that that incredible band like the Foo Fighters get to dip their instruments into the pool. I, I have this thing for dipping this episode. I don't <laughs> yeah. understand. Are you a Foo Fighters fan? I only like their like Everlong, and I like the few of their old sh- songs. I'm not a fan of their. I'm newer a fan stuff. of their old stuff. I'm a fan of their new stuff. I probably heard them like first. Uh, actually, I think I, I was just saying this to you before we watched it. I think it was "Learn to Fly" was probably the first song I heard That's from a good them. One. It was that like is a, a good music song. video. Yeah, but yeah, I like all their new stuff too. Um, I would have liked to have got to see them in concert, but uh, it's one of those ones with uh, with unfortunately with Taylor's Pass, and then I'm, it's another one of those bands that I'm like, oh, I wish I would have seen them when I had the chance. Like them, uh, another one was Rush, and Tom. Petty. Oh yeah, Rush would be good. Like, like those are the top three that I'm like, damn, I wish I could have seen them. But yeah, uh, that's, that's I mean that's that's a good list. Yeah, Tom Petty and Rush were were probably higher on that list, but 
Anyway, getting into our movie today, Studio 666 uh, just came out. Uh, it's an American comedy uh, horror film directed by B.J. McDonald. It's uh, written by Jeff Bueller and Rebecca Hughes, and it's based on a treatment from Dave Grohl himself. And uh, before we get into this, I just want to say, and I said this to you, without John Carpenter's music, John, his son Cody, and the other person escapes me. Um, it's probably it's terrible. Ian, I should, the, the, Ian Carpenter. Well, his son Cody. Yeah, him, his son Cody, Cody, and then there's a third guy because he he also worked with them on Halloween as well. I yeah, the name's eluding me as well. I don't know why anyway, the name Ian came to my well, mind. With that, without their work, this would be an ultra cheesy movie. But Carpenter, with his music, just plays it as a straight up horror movie and it works you can hear like because i forgot i don't know why briefly i that carpenter did it because i was like where have i heard that before and then i'm like oh yeah that was from halloween 2018 when he's trying to <laughs> well when michael's trying to get the island it had like little parts of that so like they played it like a serious horror movie and i think it makes it it's still ridiculous and funny but it's not like cheesy bad and I think that really has a lot to do with Carpenter's music. Yeah, I agree with that. This, the music structures everything. Uh, no matter what's going on, the music makes you take it a little more seriously than you would if it wasn't there. And uh, so starting out here, it's 1993 in Encino. Sky Willow, uh, who's played by Jenna Ortega, uh, she's the lead singer of a rock band called Dream Widow. And uh, she's crawling around with a broken leg on the floor. Jeez, <coughs> oh, excuse me. Uh, she's followed closely by the band's front man who's wielding a hammer. Sky uh, then stumbles upon the body of another bandmate. He got a broke jaw, uh, before Greg drives, uh, a hammer pretty much Halloween two style into her over and over. And then, uh, it ends with Greg hanging himself from a window. Dude, that fucking like they, they did not go cheap with, uh, the blood in this. It's very, uh, it's very gory. I didn't expect it to be quite that gory. The effects in this movie are, they're funny and uh, deliberately cheesy. They're, they're as we over just the said. top, and there's some that like there's one later in the movie that just looks so god awful, but uh, it's supposed to be that way. Uh, Pat smear. I, yeah, I know, it, I know <laughs> yeah. Who you're talking about. Yeah, but uh, no, yeah, the effects are really good, and and that's the thing. They are deliberately cheesy. It's a deliberate thing because uh, the movie has a sense of humor to it, and you it's you either get it or you don't. But the effects are done by Tony Gardner, who works on the Child's Play franchise. He does amazing work. Uh, he's one of the best in the business. He just doesn't do bad work. It doesn't matter. And uh, after that, we jump to uh, 2019. And the Foo Fighters are pressured by their manager, Jeremy Schill, played by Jeff Garland. I feel like uh, Jeff Garland's another one of those guys that he's just in a lot of movies, but whenever I see him in, he's good. Yeah, I agree. He's and he's his voice is on a lot of things. He's on a lot of Disney, Cars, Toy Story. Um, I, I he definitely I, has a memorable voice. And, and uh, my favorite is Paranorman. My son Abel loves that movie, so uh, I, I always think of him when I think of that movie. Yeah, that was definitely a dark kids movie, though. It was, but it was legit. It's good, yeah. man. And I'm not uh, that big of a Burden fan, but it's pretty good. Anyway, uh, the group moves into the mansion. Oh, no, no. Paranorman wasn't done by uh, Tim Burton. Or, no, I'm thinking of Frank and Weenie. Yes, Frank and Weenie of... was good, too, though. Yep. Frank and Weenie was fucking good, too. But that was dark as well. Yeah, yeah. that's why I was thinking. I was thinking Frank and Weenie, but yeah. Anyway, uh, getting back uh, here. Uh, the group moves into the mansion. Uh, Dave Grohl becomes fascinated with the house as a source of inspiration. And then, I mean, things start out bad pretty much right right from the start. Their tech 
uh, Krug, who, uh, I mean, let's be honest, is that a Last House on the Left reference, actually? Or a Maybe, Friday, yeah. Or a Friday the 13th, holy shit. <laughs> Fucking baked. Nightmare on Elm Street reference. I, I don't, it could be, I don't, it could be either. I mean, that's, that's. Initially, I want to, I want to say Nightmare on Elm Street, but then it's just Krug and not Kruger. Yeah. Well, I guess you would just call him Kruger. It'd be weird to call a guy Kruger. Probably. Maybe Kruger might have been a little too obvious. But uh, anyway, we'll he's played know. by uh, Carrie King from uh, Slayer. Yeah, shit. Uh, he's electrocuted by a wire, and then the band decide to dedicate their album to him. He gets fucking crispy. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Grohl finds uh, some satanic objects in the basement, and then while he's down there, uh, he ends up becoming possessed by a deceased frontman after listening to a demo tape. Plays into the whole like uh, satanic shit from the 80s. So there was like all these hidden messages. Yeah, and even uh, Alistair Crowley, the uh, legendary occultist, is brought into the film. Uh, goes over how he's involved in the whole uh, possession element of the movie. So they even go dark with that shit. They, uh, Alistair Crowley being brought up in a movie about people being possessed is usually not a good thing, if you know who Alistair Crowley is. <laughs> yeah, so Grohl's uh, possessed by the demon frontman, and he forces the band to finish the album. Holy fuck, I need to recover my fucking voice here. <laughs> oh, damn, it's, it's rough for your boy over here. I know Josh has, ain't even going to edit this and leave all this shit in. The producer Josh just like, nah. He said, nah, I ain't editing this. Anyway, we love you, Josh. Uh, <laughs> so like I said, he's possessed by the demon. He forces the band to keep making the album. Then later, a delivery man named Darren, who's played by Will Forte... Earlier, he tried to give Grohl a demo tape. <clears throat> he gets decapitated straight up out of the burning. Like you even said it yourself, like same camera angle. Yeah, same. It was a total homage. You can, if you, if, again, if There's you know, a lot of homage here comes another one. If you know, you know. As soon you know, as you, you see know. it, as soon as you see it, you know what see what movie that's from. Put that on the t-shirt. Yeah, right. That's if the you next know, shirt. High on horror, four twenty. <laughs> if, if you know, you know. Anyway. The next day, his guitarist Chris Shiflett's cooking on the grill. Same figure at uh, Burnden, Burnden, Burdened Darren the day before. He uh, he straight up uh, the shields him. You remember when he burns? His, oh yeah, he gets, burns his face on, yeah, the, on grill, the shield. Yeah, I guess man, it was a stove. But, yeah, I mean essentially the same thing. And uh, he pushes his face onto it. Uh, Chris attempts to escape, but then he has his head smashed with the grill cover. Again, a fuck another great effect. Another brutal kill. And stabbed repeatedly in the neck before the figures revealed to be dun 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 Dave Grohl. I think he's got another confession to make. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I had to throw that cheesy line in there. Uh, so the rest of the band finds the corpse of Darren, but Grohl somehow. Is someone getting possessed? <laughs> possessed. <laughs> Sorry, I had we get slapped with a lawsuit from Foo Fighters. No, man. I changed the words. <laughs> I changed the I, I words. Know, I don't know. Okay, anyway. you, you gonna use the Weird Al defense? <laughs> Maybe. I don't know that that's even a real thing. The Weird Al defense. <laughs> anyway, oh fuck, this is probably it. Probably was not a good idea for us to record on four twenty after we've been smoking all <laughs> fucking day. At the very day. end of four twenty, it's either going to be the best or worst review episode ever. Literally three fifty nine in the morning right yeah. now. Anyway, the rest of the band finds the corpse of Darren, but Grohl somehow convinces them not to call the police and takes their phones. <laughs> and then Grohl starts fucking eating Chris. 
The other band members soon learn the mansion's backstory and girl's possession uh, with the help of a neighbor, Samantha, who's played by Whitney Cummings. And she's hilarious throughout the film. She kind of did what uh, Drew did and just started singing the song. <laughs> she was actually singing uh, the one I referenced. Best of you. Oh, yeah. Uh, anyway, to perform the exorcism on Grohl, they need to find a book to free him of the possession. Samantha and Rami Jaffe have sex, and then Grohl kind of like goes OG Friday the 13th, but he puts a Texas chainsaw twist on it. It goes like from underneath, too. Instead of yeah. being from over top, he goes underneath. Yeah, yeah. OG Friday the That's what you said, right? Yeah, OG under Friday the bed, yeah. but, he, but he went with the chainsaw. Yeah, totally. The good old chainsaw split. That, that was uh, that was another good effect because he yeah, just he just cuts them in half. And it looked good too. And then they just like fall apart like like just salami. And then uh, drummer drummer Taylor Hawkins he's pressured by Grohl to finish the song, while Nate and Pat Smear retrieve the book from the basement. Taylor finishes the song and he's partially decapitated by Grohl with a symbol. He used it like a batarang. Best death in the movie, in my opinion. I was, yeah. That's what I put down here. This was my favorite <laughs> death in your of the notes, movie. Best death of the movie, yeah. The effect was, I think it's the effect with it's it. It's that My Bloody Valentine effect where, uh, from the, the remake, not the original, but that cool effect where, like, he uses a shovel, but in this one it's a, it's a, a, a drum symbol, where when they're, like, decapitated, like, at the jaw with it, the head stays on top of the thing, and then, yeah. the, like, whatever, like, in this case it's a symbol, the top of the head stays on top of it while the lower body, like, slumps to the floor. I think that that's just a gnarly effect. Yeah, and, uh, and then uh, here we have Mendel and Smear, well, Nate, Nate, Nate Mendel and Smear use the book on Grohl, and the souls of the Dream Widows band members send the demon to hell. However, Jeremy and the real estate developer Barb Weems played by, uh, actually, I lost who that was played by. <laughs> In my notes, I'm too high. I wrote Barb Weems was played by Barb Weems. <laughs> <laughs> So, uh, I'm sorry, whoever played Barb Weems, I've fucked up, and, uh, I always try, I always try to give everybody's name if I mention their character, but, so, uh, my bad, Barb. I'm sorry, whoever played Barb Weems. <laughs> if, if you somehow find yourself listening to it, just at me on fucking Twitter, you can call me out. Anyway, she ambushes the remaining members, revealing, uh, that they planned the whole thing. Uh, while Smear is fixing a car from underneath, Nate is stabbed in the eye, causing him to accidentally hit the gas, which runs over Smear's head. That was the effect we're talking about. It looked like, uh, have you seen uh, Brawl in Cell Block 99 with Vince Vaughn? No, I still have not seen uh, that. There's, never mind, it'll give away stuff, but there's a, there's a scene with an exploding head in it. It just looks pretty much on the same ridiculous part. Okay. Uh, but anyway, so yeah, his head gets smashed and then it runs over Barb as Nate gets out of the car to help Barb. She stabs him through the chin and dies alongside him. Then Dave Grohl battles Jeremy only to back down in horror when Jeremy tells him of the album's success and the start of his solo career. And one year later, we find Dave Grohl, the only Foo fighter left, the only fighter of the Foo prepares to perform a solo concert with marks of possession around his eye eyes he has more yeah. than one. he has more than one <laughs> <laughs> i would hope so yeah man uh so my opinion of this movie is uh i i think that it's funny and messy but it is not boring and it is rewatchable my rating i would give it a seven out of ten and here's why 
it's not the best rock and roll horror film, but it's far from the worst. And I feel like they took inspiration from The Shining and Amityville Horror and The Exorcist and Evil Dead, but didn't know how to really play off of that in a way that wasn't directly homaging it almost. So you see through its skin, to metaphorically speak, and you see the movies that it tries to emanate, but it's all done really in kind of like a cheesy way, but it's still fun. So that's why I give it a 7 out of 10. Yeah, I'd probably give it like a 7.3, somewhere around there. It's it's enjoyable. It's not great. It's a fun movie to watch. It's definitely... I almost feel like that could be a 420 movie. Even Totally, I was going to say that. There's not weed in it. Yeah, but, but it's that you could put it on in the background and just smoke just to it and ridiculous. laugh. Yeah. But it works. And like I said, Carpenter's music, I think, is the only reason it, it gets that high of a rating. If they had, if they had like a lesser person working on the soundtrack, I, it would come over like extremely, extremely cheesy. Like I agree. I on, agree. On the bad, on the bad cheese. And that's, I think that, and Carpenter does have a sense of humor. And I think that that was part of like the, the sense of the humor of the movie was that he knows that like, it's ridiculous to have his music, serious ass music playing during these ridiculous scenes. But that's but kind of, the, that's yeah. kind of the humor of it is like the sarcasm works well because like, while it's ridiculous, you're still kind of like on edge a little bit, even though you're like, you shouldn't be, you know, but, uh, but dude, Carpenter is such a rocker. I mean, that dude drinks, listens to, and makes rock and roll, smokes, writes and directs horror films. I mean, he fucking has the life. Save some pussy for the rest of us, bro. <laughs> dude, and then he had a cameo in it too. There were some good cameos that I didn't really get to. Because uh, they weren't really necessarily part of the plot, really. Yeah. It just, like, uh, Carpenter plays like a studio... Uh, He's like working with the Foo Fighters to produce their album. Yeah, and also I forgot to mention that uh, Dave Grohl finds a new chord. He play he like plays the guitar and it makes like this almost like scream with it. Yeah, and they're like, "What chord's that?" And he goes, "L." (laughs) Yeah, the L chord. Play it, and they're like, "How do you play it?" He said, "Play." (laughs) Like Dave Dave Grohl, like he doesn't he doesn't do a bad job. He's funny. He he's good with his line delivery. Yeah, he's not like you're not watching him going, oh, this is this isn't good. Like it's entertaining enough. Uh, who else had cameos in it? Uh, we mentioned uh, Slayer. You said Jonah Ortega at the very beginning. Uh, there was um, Lionel Richie's in it. Lionel Richie makes a quick appearance. Yes, he does. <laughs> but uh, I don't think this movie needs a sequel. <laughs> no, I would there's agree. Sequel, there's sequel material there with the ending, but. I feel like this is just like a one-off. You should, you should just stop here. Yeah, I feel like they got the Foo Fighters got this out of their system, and uh, it was fun. Doesn't need to be repeated. And unfortunately, you know everything that happened, I guess, around it too. Yeah, especially yeah after Tyler being you know uh, deceased now and everything. That's definitely uh, gonna put a damper on any future sequels. Uh, with only like three members of the band surviving, I don't see how there would have been a sequel anyway. But I mean, well, you, you I know mean, what? I'll tell you what, though. He was the only Foo Fighter left. Well, yeah. Because he was but, doing a solo career. Right. Well, yeah, at the very end. Um, But I was going to say, uh, just uh, bring John Carpenter back. That's all you pretty much have to do. Just say John Carpenter's in it again, and I'll give the sequel a watch. Yeah, I was shocked. Because, uh, like I said, I liked the Foo Fighters. So I heard about him. I didn't have. 
I didn't have high expectations. I didn't think it would be bad, but it just like I wasn't expecting like yeah, this is gonna reinvent the horror genre. Right. So I mean, I I had some excitement with it, and then I heard Carpenter did it, and I thought somebody was joking around, and I was like, wait, no, he really did do it. Like yeah, and I was like, damn, okay. I was like, well, if John Carpenter can get behind it, I was like, there's got to be something to it. I agree. I feel like if it was if it was bad, he wouldn't have did it. He wouldn't have touched it. Yeah, he does have a sense of uh. He doesn't do anything that's like really cheesy or terrible. I mean, some of his directing at the end was terrible, but he keeps it like yeah. He he's definitely on a certain level of uh, his music. You can't ever say anything bad about that. Of course not. But yeah, he's definitely on a different level of uh. He's not as he, he's not as easy to acquire for movies as a lot of these other horror guys are. He definitely has a higher price tag on his head, but rightfully so, and also. Um, you know, it's got to be worth his time. So yeah, if he's taking the time to do it, that means that he is a fan of it, or it's at least they at least paid him enough <laughs> to be in it, which means <laughs> yeah, that the movie true. that the movie had a he budget does, at least. He he wants his money. I mean, <laughs> I don't blame him, but uh, you know, it's funny. I was thinking like people talk about the great composers of like music, and I mean, I guess we are kind of biased because of how much we like Carpenter, but like his name doesn't get brought up. But like, I guess it's also more back to the idea that. Nobody cares about the horror community and the like higher ups yeah. like Hollywood. Because look at the horror genre. Pretty much most people trying to like do their own music are like basically it's trying always, to copy Carpenter. Yep, always. You can hear everything from Stranger the, Things yep. to like I mean, The Void. You can hear like, so yeah, much ever, in horror that you're like, oh, they like Carpenter. Yeah. Oh, they like Carpenter. That synthesizer and oh. that that simple, the simple, I think the thing that works about Carpenter's music is it's kind of the same, it's a Johnny Cash effect, it's the simplicity of it. So that's people try to use synthesizers and make super simple beats, so it always comes back to like the original when you think of that, when you think of a simple beat that's still kind of catchy and a synth synthesizer or a piano, you're thinking that's John Carpenter. I, I definitely want to get to one of his concerts one time. Dude, he be fucking jam. He be, oh my god. He be jammed. <laughs> he jams at these concerts, man. I've seen videos of him, man. They got like the, the strobe lights going, like the green lights flashing and shit. And that man is bobbing his head, like going hard. Like it makes you like, I would be jamming if I was in that audience. Like, how do you feel about I music don't even like, like that? Halo like Halo, when I want to play Halo, like I just want to hang out with John Carpenter. Well, how do you feel about like that though? <laughs> like going to a musical where there's like no lyrics or like even for like Romstein, for example, I'm a fan of them. Like my wife doesn't get it, you know, cause she doesn't understand like German. So she's like, I don't know what they're saying, <laughs> but it's like, they rock. I don't care. So like that to me, going to a concert where there's no lyrics or lyrics that I don't understand doesn't really matter to me. If the music, if I like the music, how do you feel? Does, does there no being no lyrics bother you? No, I, I like listening to movie soundtracks. Agreed. I, I mean, I was listening to the Batman when that one came out. Yeah. Um, I like to listen to like the Hans Zimmer ones, one. especially, I know our producer Josh loves it too, but Interstellar soundtrack is amazing. The Dark Knight Rises soundtrack is fucking amazing too. Yeah. The only thing is that Bane music after a while, I'm kind of like, all right, can I just get to the next Cause song? Cause it's just chanting. Yeah. 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 And I'm like, all right, I'm, I'm done hearing this chant like 22 times. Can we just get to the next song? 
Well, you know, it's funny because that's okay. We'll we'll talk about Batman for like a point millisecond here. The funny thing is, in the new Batman film, Matt Reeves used uh, Nirvana, and in in the Nolan films, Nolan said that he specifically did not put any like voice or lyrics uh, or singing in any of his uh, music because he said that like those things can make a movie feel dated, and he wanted his movies to feel ageless or timeless. So, like, I totally like thought that that was. That that was a, a cool element, and um, I have no idea where I was fucking going with that. <laughs> that it was a cool we were talking element? about the Batman and uh, Christopher Nolan soundtracks, and uh, yeah, okay, so we're done. That we're done talking about the Batman segment. Just talking in circles. We're just talking point. in circles here. Sorry for that. <laughs> anyway, the Batman has has vocals in its, in its movie that are going to sound dated eventually. And the Dark Knight trilogy doesn't. I that mean, was where oh, I got it. I'm back at it. Here we go. Okay. So you got uh, Hans Zimmer told Nolan that he's like, hey, I want to do, a, I want to put like singing in Bane's theme. And Nolan was like, kind of like rejecting that idea. Like, no, like I definitely don't want like vocals in, in any music. Like, that's not going to happen. And Hans Zimmer was like, well, just let me give you do it. And like, I'll, I'll play it for you as a sample of what I'm going for. And, uh, he made it and he played it for Nolan. And when Nolan heard that it wasn't singing, it was more of like a chanting. And he heard how it sounded. He goes, "Oh, okay, yeah, this works. This is this isn't going to age." And I agree. I think when you listen to, the, like you said, it might be annoying listening to it on the soundtrack. Uh, but when like it's in, only in twenty thirty years, it like a bunch of times in a row, in twenty thirty years, when you're hearing that chant while you're watching the movie if we're alive then <laughs> um we're not gonna think like that got cheesy i don't think that that's something that's ever gonna come off as cheesy no but like yeah back to just say that carpenter needs more respect <laughs> this was a long-winded way inside side conversations but carpenter needs more respect on his music i mean he has a whole he has a whole genre pretty much trying to copy his music style from the 80s Pretty much every indie filmmaker trying to be this, be a director and a self-composer at the same time is, is using him as their Bible. All his movies were panned, but now, like... And then people are even trying to copy his styles, too. I mean, you can... There's so many times him, Cronenberg... Like, you just look at, like, some of these guys, you're like, oh, that's who they liked. That's yep. who they liked. That's who they were inspired by, you can tell. But, I mean, how many more... It's hard to feel like for anybody to get a new story in Hollywood... Yeah, I feel I don't. I mean, yeah, I I don't, I don't really have anything left to say about it. To be truthful, I mean, it's like, yeah, it's like yeah. <laughs> I mean, <clears throat> could I have summed that up better? Uh, it's like yeah, two out of two. This is <laughs> this is this is probably the most high and tired we've ever been recording an episode. Yeah, so this is either gonna turn out good or bad. Yeah, hopefully. Let us know. Yeah, let us know <laughs> on social media. But, yeah, so, I mean, Studio 666, I mean, you got to pay to rent it. Uh, but Right now you do. Early access on that, John. On that, John. I'm sure it'll probably be on a streaming service soon enough. But, yeah, whenever you get a chance, check it out. It's definitely worth it. It's And it. the other thing I appreciate is it didn't go too long. I agree. It was I, just I agree. long enough. That's what she said. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> and uh, if 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 you're listening and you've seen the movie, uh, shoot us a comment or message us on social media or email us or something. Tell us your favorite kill. Yeah, and let us know what your favorite kill is and what you thought of the movie and if you agree or disagree or you know what you thought of uh, John and I's uh, <laughs> staggering uh, banter while we were blitzed. Did we make you feel about. dumber for having listened? <laughs> 
Anyway, uh, all but right. So switching that to being smart, we got Burn and Learn. That's what I was going to say. Here we go. Uh, let's get into Burn and Learn, the segment of our show where we fill you in on trivia and behind-the-scenes facts about the movie in discussion. And today, of course, that would be Studio 666. Oh. Drummer Taylor Hawkins refused to read his lines and improvised them all. He admitted it on Jimmy Kimmel and a few other sources. That's interesting. Like, I don't really... I know that for the Foo Fighters, this is the only, like, non-documentary film they've been in. So I yeah. wonder if... I don't think he's been in anything, right? Uh, not that I can think that's of. Like, so besides of document, Besides documentaries, like you said. Yeah, it's interesting that he was that confident, but... uh. Studio 666 was filmed in private during the COVID pandemic. That, yeah, that's you can definitely tell. The movie seemed like it was filmed during isolation. There was not a lot of people around, but the people on set. It was all kind of set at that mansion. Yeah. Um, and here's one for you Evil Dead fans out there. If you pay attention, uh, at the end of the film, when Dave Grohl comes out of the pool, he, is, he recreates the pose of the female on the original Evil Dead poster. And uh, that's the same gun that's on the Foo Fighters' first album, a Buck Rogers pay, uh, ray gun, mm-hmm. is seen when Dave Grohl's in the basement. Yeah, I, I, I saw, I heard about that, but I didn't see it. Even watching it a second time, I forgot to look. <laughs> um, how about this? Uh, the word fuck and its derivatives are used on an average of 1.53 times a minute, 162 times total. I did not think they said, like... Maybe I'm just desensitized. Yeah, I think that but that's like, the I case. Don't, I was like, really? I didn't think they even said fuck that much. They the all movie. said fuck a lot. Yeah. But I do say fuck a fucking lot. Yeah. <laughs> fuck me. <laughs> uh, anyway, the red 1995 Dodge 1500 Ram van that's featured in the film. That's the same van that was used doing doing <laughs> during the Foo Fighters first U.S. tour to promote their debut album. It was going to be used again for the band's 25th anniversary van tour in 2020, but it got canceled due to COVID-19 and instead was used for the movie. Yeah, that's interesting. Um, I would have never have known that, but that's cool to know. Um, so you had mentioned earlier about how he, Dave Grohl plays the devil in uh, the, uh, the Tenacious D, The Pick of Destiny. Well, uh, yeah, he gets possessed by satanic forces in this movie in Studio 666, but also played the devil in Tenacious D and the Pick of Destiny. So he's got possession and being the devil going on in two movies. So I think maybe it was Destiny after all. Or, or <laughs> maybe Studio 666 comes after Tenacious D. Maybe he becomes the devil. Maybe. That's, and- I don't know. Has anybody ever actually... Okay, I'm gonna. maybe I'm the first person to ever try to start fan theories <laughs> for Studio 666. Um, but I'm a big... Also, I'm a huge Tenacious D fan. Agreed. Um uh tribute he plays the devil in tribute as well when he's in the yeah. road yeah yeah and yeah. Uh, he also did the drums for like a lot of their like first album he was the drummer for it tenacious d in the pick of destiny or studio 666 tenacious d tenacious d yeah. <laughs> same same yeah so uh yeah i guess that'll wrap up burn and learn so uh we done learnt you <laughs>
Thanks to all the horror hounds and smokers out there for tuning in. And uh, yeah, like we said, Studio 666, it's on the better end of the rock horror movies. So, uh, I mean, if you enjoy them, check it out. If you're not really in that kind of thing, or you, I mean, really, if probably you don't like the Foo Fighters, you might might, might want to stay away from it. But I don't know, because you know what? The music played in the movie true. is a lot that's heavier. True. It's more like 80s metal that you'd hear. Yeah, like I said, I wish it was an actual Foo Fighters album. It sound, it sound The music in the movie sounds more like Megadeth. So actually, yeah, if, it's more like, I wouldn't say if you're not a Foo Fighters fan, but if you're not a fan of cheesy movies, horror movies, or like, like you said, rock and roll horror movies. Yeah. Anyway, so, yeah, so if you do like them, like I said, check it out. Next week, uh, we can't fully confirm uh, if we'll have this guest for next week, but uh, follow us on social media and you can find out what guests we unearth next. And uh, like I said, follow us on social media and you can find us at High on Horror 420 on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. That's all of them, right? TikTok. TikTok. There's like so many social medias, all of them. and uh, you can always email us at highonhorror420 at gmail.com check out our website highonhorror.com sign up for our newsletter and you'll get uh, that guest announcement you'll get that sent to your inbox uh, our latest episodes and other future guest announcements check out our Patreon page Patreon, give us money (laughs) (laughs) nah, but any money would be appreciated donate to the cause donate to the cause, make it easier on us just cover our cost <laughs> or you know just give us a couple million either way a couple million right? or or you can always just uh, well, I mean if you sign up for a Patreon you get something free from our merch shop or you can just go to our merch shop at Threadless high on horror 420.threadless I don't remember the website <laughs> are you kidding me <laughs> no it's high on horror.threadless.com make sure to check that out but we have we have uh t-shirts skateboards shower curtains everything we're gonna have thongs coming <laughs> we're soon, gonna apparently. have thongs i don't think that's in the works <laughs> anyway we're rambling on here so uh catch you later bye everybody thanks for listening <laughs>